the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olivia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610 at K1A. It's hour number two on your Wednesday, 547-1610. If you would like to get involved. You can also reach us via email, 610k1a.com. Bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. We're on Twitter at bottom line 610. Facebook at the bottom line 610. And the free mobile app through the Google Play and the Apple stores. Rob Francis and Ed Dawson with you. And Ed, um, be remiss if we did not mention that this week is National Police Week. So thank you to all those who are in law enforcement. Many of you for the job that you do on a daily basis volunteering to put your life on the line for total strangers, especially in the climate that's been created over the last year or so. Uh, Thank you for your service to our community. It is greatly appreciated, at least by us. I know that. Yes. 547-1610 if you want to get involved. So let's talk about what's going on, the latest in Israel as uh, the bombings continue. Um, A school was bombed in Israel today. I don't hear the left going crazy about that uh, because most on the left think that everything has a right to live except three things, conservatives, the unborn, and Israel. Those are the three things they really don't think have a, have a place in this world. Um, a school was bombed. Children were killed. Eh, free Palestine. That's what you hear. Um, it's it's been another difficult day. Now Israel did get one of Hamas's top commanders. Um, in their responses to the bombings, I was very nice of of either President Biden or um, a representative of the administration to call Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and and let him know that he has a right to defend himself and his country, because I know that Netanyahu was was patiently waiting on that to be given permission to defend his country and the lives of of all of the people within it. Uh, I, I know that he now feels much more comfortable about, you know, being able to defend his country now that Joe Biden has said that it's okay. Uh, But the peace is gone. It's over. It's getting progressively worse in Israel as we speak. Well, rockets are impacting the center of Tel Aviv. They've uh, rockets have also um, they've impacted struck, a number of places. Well, the the airport yeah. uh, in Tel Aviv and. And uh, a number of places, and, and look, there's there's been places in Palestine that have been bombed too. Um, what I find interesting is who is coming out um, and talking about and taking a side 
in this uh, in this conflict. And at first, I at first I thought, why in the world? What is the connection? And then I took it a step further and looked and found the connection interesting. Do you know who has come out? In, on a grand scale, to defend the actions of the Palestinians. That would be Black Lives Matter. Shocking, I know. Well, it was at first. Why in the world would BLM care about what was going on there and and take the side of Palestine? Well, well it's because they believe the Palestinians are victims of colonialist um, Israelis, yes, from who, 1948, who have oppressed them, um, <laughs> and so they get what they deserve, uh-huh. or they deserve what they get, I should say. Um, but BLM, and and it's not just the organization. Remember, yesterday we mentioned how there were demonstrations going on in certain parts of the country where Palestinians and Israelis in New York City uh, were clashing. Uh, There was a Palestinian support rally in Minnesota, uh, which we know has a a significant Muslim population. Um, Now we are seeing BLM supporters protesting on behalf of, of the Palestinians. Look, they're, they're co-founders and avowed Marxists. So you really surprised by this? I don't know that I'm so much surprised as I find it fascinating. I was surprised in the beginning because of, you know, what in the heck. Um, you know, but it's not, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, the the BLM organization... BLM Incorporated. You right. Know, they they have financial backing. This is not sure. just a grassroots no, it's you not. know effort that <laughs> you know wants to make a change in the world. That's funny. But they you know they have now come out in support of the Palestinians. Well, sure. Will that will that lead to other protests? I mean, keep your eye on Seattle and Portland. Is, Look, is what I'm saying. Well, there's... we already know that BLM is very strong there. Are we going to start seeing more protests, nightly protests, and firebombing police stations in support of the Palestinians who are at war currently with Israel? Well, they've been on and off, you know, been, but now there's things are really heating up. And now getting word that on the ground in cities, including Tel Aviv and Jaffa, which is just south of Tel Aviv, uh, that there are shots being fired during clashes with individuals. So it's not just firing um, rockets across borders by, you know, government and, you know, faction leaders of factions. It's it's individuals. They've taken to the streets in some places to fight things out. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi. Good afternoon, gentlemen. This is Simi Bird 
from Richland, Washington. How are you? How are you, Semi? What can we do for you? Well, um, I was listening to the show. Great show. Thank you for what you guys do. You know, I know you touched on earlier politics and politicians and why people get engaged in politics. And it seems like over the years it's shifted from I'm getting involved, I'm getting engaged to represent my community. I come from my community. I support my community. I think I can serve to you need to be a polished politician. You need to come from some aristocracy, some political aristocracy. I think we've lost the touch with of the people, by the people, for the people. And on that note, I wanted to take advantage of this opportunity to announce my candidacy for the Richland School Board position three. I'm going to be stepping up and running for the Richland School Board this year. Wow. Well, what what uh, what is uh, what's the platform? What's uh, what's the reason you're running for that spot? Well, you know, we're, you know, listening to your show, everything that's going on in the world, you know, we could talk about all the divisiveness and and it where our society is and where our nation is right now. It seems like divisiveness continues to grow. People are growing further apart instead of growing together. Um, so simply, my platform is leadership accountability and collaboration. Um, I've got a lifetime of service. I'm not an insider. I'm not a school administrator. Um, I come from the community. What I do and what I've done, I've served in the military 23 years. I served in federal service and retired from both. Um, So I'm bringing business and actually what the school board needs based on what Washington School Directors Association says the school board should be doing, and that's giving leadership, holding the administrators accountable, ensuring that families come first in education instead of the insiders who seem to somehow forget about the families and the constituents who put them where they're at. I think we need to get back in touch with the community. So, Mr. Bird, let me ask you, well, first of all, we appreciate you letting us know um appreciate the fact you thought of us um and your service and your service well. of course your service first and foremost Thanks. your service um but let me ask you what was it that what was it that hit you or inspired you to want to run i mean what was there a particular event do you have kids uh in the school system currently i mean what 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 was kind of the thing that said okay i'm tired of sitting on the sides i've been doing public service i've retired now i'm going to get back into this and i'm going to run for office no thank you so much and and all the above so let, let's just start with my child uh, my daughter hannah just turned 14. my daughter grew up in the richland school district you know she she grew up all of her years in school have been in the richland school district in richland schools um, i've always believed we have the best schools in the state and a lot of that comes from where we're located in central washington um, but with this COVID thing and people's viewpoints on keeping our kids out of school not understanding the damage that it's causing. And folks said early on, you know, um, are we going to let the cure be worse than what the cause is or something to that regard? My daughter, I had to, she was going to be home taking the hit, not going to school, not learning. She's going into, she's going to be a freshman next year. So this is her, her eighth grade year to prepare her for high school. And if I kept my daughter in the public school system, which I wanted to do, 
um, I've always done, she would be out of school. And, and I can tell you, as someone who um, has studied, who was finishing up his Ph.D. in organizational psychology, I'm very familiar with, with adult learning, childhood learning, and, and the causes of being isolated. I, I want to get back on point. I have to put my daughter in private school so that she could go to school. And, and I told friends, it, you know, I respect the science, but why is the science different in Washington State than it is in Texas? and Florida and other places where kids are going back to school and not taking the mental health hit, not taking the academic hit. That's just, that's just one thing, but just observing that we are not being fiscally responsible. We forgot to be accountable to the people, to the community. I don't think parents are getting a voice and I could talk about the curriculum that's being put down they're trying to sell curriculum that it's for the righteous good. Um, I, let me just say, folks, I, I'm a black man. I was born in the ghetto of East Oakland to a single black woman before civil rights. And I'm going to be the first one to tell you I am not a fan nor a supporter of critical race theory. And so when we introduce theory into schools, into the curriculum, are we presuming that our children are innately or systematically racist, like we're doing with every place else in our society? I don't hold with that. So I want to take a pause to give you guys the time to, to get a word in. But there are several things that have been bothering me. And again, not just for the sake of my child, you know, trying to get back into school, but for all children and, and the devastation that it's causing, the mental health devastation, not to mention our special education children who are already suffering, already behind a curve. And now what are we doing? We're, we're rubbing salt in the wound. You know, Mr. Bird, curriculum was actually the next question, next direction I was going to go because there have been a number of things over the last couple of years that have been introduced at the state level that parents, many of them in the Tri-Cities, have been uh, less than thrilled with. And, of course, the school mm-hmm. board does have the ability to weigh in on curriculum decisions. If mm-hmm. you already mentioned the critical race theory aspect, but what if there's one or two other questions that you have or other things curriculum wise that that you don't feel um, are necessarily appropriate for children of certain ages? Please enlighten us. You're you're right on point. And I, I want to use your words. Appropriate for the appropriate age. And so when we start introducing sex education that goes beyond the pale of what a child should be getting from a public institution, I have a concern with that. And, and, and I want to say, and I cannot speak for all parents. Um, I, I can empathize, but I, I will speak for myself and the folks that I know. When we put our children in school, into the public school system, we are not signing away our rights of, as parents to raise our children. Essentially, what I'm saying is values are imparted upon our children within the home by the parents of those children. We do not send our children to school to get educated on values and morals, although there is some content in how we conduct ourselves in the social setting within the schools. Absolutely. But that starts in the home. It needs to start in the home. And I certainly am not signing my rights away as a parent to any educator, God bless them, because they have one of the most honorable careers or jobs that anyone can have, law enforcement, our military, and there's many others. But 
curriculum needs to be appropriate to the child and certain discussions and certain learning needs to happen in the house. And that's what I'm talking about, values and morals. Parents need to be parents. We're not signing away our rights as parents to have the school raise our children. I I hope I'm making a point. No, you certainly are. And one other question I'd like to ask you, Mr. Bird, before before we go. Um, there are many parents, not just in, in, I'm sure, the Richland School District, but other school districts in the Tri-Cities, that feel more could be done for students that have special needs. Where do you see issues with with how special needs students are being provided education right now? And where do you think we could improve? Thank you for that. You know, um, I, w- I was uh, making observations. I know we had a Richland School Board meeting last night, and um, a parent um, courageously got up and voiced her concerns about special education. In particular, she, she mentioned uh, sensory rooms, and she may have used a different phrase. Um, as an ap- aspirant psychologist, as a behavioral scientist, I'm very familiar with the concepts of sens- sensory rooms, whereas we provide space for children with disabilities, especially those children on spectrum, or having some quiet space to focus or to focus their energy or to just have some quiet time to regroup so that they can return to the classroom and be successful. That is just one thing that we could be doing. And from what I understand and observed, this parent was essentially redirected And if the school board, which I do know has decision-making authority and curriculum, has budget control, a fiduciary responsibility to the taxpayers, why are we not looking into this? Why is that parent being dismissed? Um, To point, how are we measuring our performance on our programs? So for what I do every day as a consultant, I get paid, I'm fortunate, a good amount of money to consult school districts, to consult hospitals, to consult different organizations, Hanford organizations, federal agencies, and how to improve their performance of what they do. Why are we not doing that for our schools? How do we know that our programs are performing to the expectations? And many of these programs are being instituted without the consent or collaboration with parents. I have a problem with that. I think we need to open up collaboration and transparency with parents. I know that they were introducing a plan about getting back, recovery and well-being. And the plan was already conceived, but then they're saying, well, no, no, we're, we're going to get the parents involved. Well, should we have not gotten the parents involved before the plan was written down, before we did the draft, so we can take their insight and respect their opinion and their voice and then implement that into a draft and then we discuss it? and we collaborate more, I think we need more collaboration with parents and families. And I think we need more transparency, accountability. And that's only going to come with leadership. Um, I'm hoping that folks will go to our website, simibird.us, read what we're about, read what we are going to do, look at my background, and then look at what the responsibilities of a school board member are. It's all right there on my website. And see for yourself. Who do you want to put in office? Another insider to sit back and observe things as they happen to them or an outsider with the knowledge, skills, and abilities to take leadership and make things happen that include parents 
and the community. Well, Sammy Bird, thank you very much for giving us a call this afternoon. The only thing I'm going to ask is where were you last year for governor? <laughs> you know what my friends you never know we're gonna we're, we, we need to take care of our city we need to take care of our kids i appreciate what you guys do every day thank you so much for the time and uh, we need donations and we need volunteers so please go to our website semibird.us give your time your resources and your support and thank you so much gentlemen Oh, Mr. Bird, thank you for your time. We appreciate the phone call and uh, look forward to talking to you again down the line when we do our candidate forums this year. Absolutely. And again, thank you for your uh, service Absolutely. Uh, to this country. And who knows, maybe your service uh, to the city of Richland on their school board. we got to take a time out. 547-1610, 509-547-1610. Back with more after this. only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, Jason Hogue, American Family Insurance. Reach out to him today if you're not happy with the current insurance policies. If you think you can do better out there, well, you might be able to with American Family Insurance and with the questions that are there regarding the emergency rule put into place by Mike Kreidler, you might wonder what is how what impact is it going to have on your rates? Well, Jason can help you answer that question as well. Contact him today, jasonhogue.com, and sit down and talk to him about your current policies. Protect what you love, the people, and the things that you care about with Jason Hogan, American Family Insurance. 547 if you want to get involved. So we got an email from Sean Dell in Richland. Said the person you just had on, Semi Bird, the most well-spoken, intelligent person I've heard in years. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, at all. Well, and, and and if you want more information, well, and let's spell his first name. Yeah, because that's Sean, exactly where I was going with that. Yeah, it is the the website it it almost looks like semi. Yes, s e m i b i r d dot u s. If you type that into into uh, your search bar, semibird dot u s. All kinds of things are going to come up. I mean, this guy was prepared. He has a full website now he may have announced publicly on our program but he's done his preparation yeah he's yeah. he's ready to go it wasn't just something that you know um yeah the guy has credentials and uh he he is going to be an interesting candidate to say the least uh again going uh for position number three on the richland school board uh, that is a position currently held by ken gosney um whose term expires uh, this November. Uh, so, uh, interesting, and uh, and we appreciate uh, Mr. Bird uh, reaching out to us. That was completely unplanned, uh, which uh, sometimes uh, provides for the best radio. Oh, absolutely, and, and uh, on the commercial break, pretty much what we did was look, a little, look up a little more information yeah. on Mr. Bird yeah. and an impressive... Uh, in my opinion, impressive doesn't begin to touch on it. Yeah. I mean, his service to our country is incredibly impressive. Purple Heart Award winner, which that is that is an award you get. Uh, that is something you get more often than not for being a selfless individual. Um, when you put when, when you do you are in combat, you do receive or you are in a situation where you receive a wound or an injury. Um you know, so uh, it's just 
my experiences with that, the people that I've known that have received them. Um, just an, 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 a very impressive person. He goes around um, doing speaking engagements about leadership. Uh, so when he talks about leadership, I think he probably has a thing or two to add to the discussion. Uh, that's for sure. He, uh, again, um, he's uh, he was a senior advisor to the U.S. ambassador to Bangladesh, of all things. I mean, it just, it, it wow. just, it, yeah, it, it's 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 uh, it's crazy. And he's running for Richland School Board. And he's I'm rich sorry. Under, and he's, I mean, no offense to Richland School no, Board. No, not that's at all. Why but we I were, mean... That's kind of why we were joking. Well, you know what? You got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't mean. I don't mean. I really. I don't mean to laugh. But I'm thinking about it. I'm going. You're like you got to start somewhere. You were the U.S. ambassador. You were the senior advisor to the U.S. ambassador to Bangladesh. You're going to start by running for school board. I mean, it's just. I'm, well, again, I, I again, think it's fantastic. Well, we no, are I, glad. I am glad to have. A, a gentleman like this, yeah. running for office in our community. Well, but. Yeah, I mean, you, you just... got to you got to look for you got to look for the connections. Why did he say it? He has a, 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 a daughter in the Richland School District. Things, you know, things are sure. very personal the last couple of years in all the school districts with COVID and and all the different things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, was that the final thing that pushed him into that decision? I could see that. Sure. I mean, trust me, I, I've thought about running for, you know, <laughs> school board myself. Uh, you that, really want to be governor. No, I really don't. You do, though. Let's, I do not. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Yeah, this is Bill out the Clotus Highway. Hi, Bill. I'd, like, I'd kind of like to get back to Donald Trump. At, you know, he's... His brashness and stuff kind of goes along with folks on the East Coast sometimes. And he's he had all these politicians in the past coming to him asking for money, you know, and now so he pretty well knew their wily ways. And he was he had a lot of experience dealing with folks like that. And it made a lot of difference on the things that he got done. And, you know, it's like Mrs. Cheney's. Cheney's family, her father was involved in a lot of businesses that were working off those wars, you know, working during those wars in those countries, and they made a lot of money. But he did a lot of good things, too, for that. But but as far as Donald Trump goes, you know, the question about the election, there's still questions about that. And, and and some of the things are coming out, like a lady in, in Pennsylvania stepped down and said, we broke our Constitution, we broke our laws during this election, and she, she just felt really uncomfortable about it, and she actually stepped down. So a lot of this stuff we're not seeing or hearing about, but, but Donald Trump's got the edge as far as, you know, he, he's not just a politician, he's, he's a businessman. That's that operated with people all over the world, and he kind of he reads them pretty well. And I was told about this last election from a union friend that he he told me he said he said Biden's going to win, and I said, well, I I kind of doubt that. And he said, no, Bill, it's already taken care of. I said, wait a minute. He said, no, it's 
it's done. The election's done already. And I said, well, we'll see. And he was right. So there's lots of stuff going on in this country that is, it just makes you a little nervous and shaky. But but I've always, you know, I I was proud of the way Donald Trump got things done, you know, with COVID and, and all the negotiations in the world that, with 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 what was going on in 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 the, the in in Israel and those countries, you know, he's he's he took a whole different approach on making peace rather than trying to get the top dogs that are enemies getting together and making peace. He got other people together and started a group of people to make peace, you know, and and. A larger group like that might put a little more pressure on the other folks. So, you know, it's it's just just the way he went about stuff. He kept a lot of people off balance. The one thing the unions complained about is that he kept everybody off balance. You never knew what the hell he was going to do as far as negotiations go, and that just made him a good negotiator. Thanks for the call, Bill. We appreciate it. Five four seven. One six ten. If you would like to get involved in the program, you can also hit us up via email, six ten k one a dot com. Bottom line page: your name, where you're listening, what you would like to say. But um, one of the things we were chatting about briefly earlier was uh, the fact that the unrest in Israel is continuing, airstrikes are continuing, um, and. At what point in time, um, you know, there are world leaders coming out and and urging peace, and that's great, but here's the thing. Um, One side has to be willing to observe it, and one side right now is not, and that is Hamas. Um, And again, make that distinction between Hamas and the innocent Palestinian people that are being used for shields and where rockets are being buried behind their houses. Uh, let's let's make no mistake that Hamas is a terrorist organization, and they rule the Palestinian territories. Um, they have launched over one thousand rockets over the last two days. One thousand rockets. Take a second to process that. One thousand rockets. Imagine if one thousand rockets were launched from Canada onto Washington State. 1,000 rockets over two days, over 1,000. And largely into metropolitan areas, yes. not not into the outskirts. We're talking about infrastructure. You know, we're talking about uh, airports and, you know, city centers and, and things like that. And again, the Israelis have shot their rockets into, into Palestine, too. No, no yeah. doubt about it. Uh, you know, but, but here's the difference. Israel is doing what they can to try and minimize civilian, civilian ca- ca- right. casualties. Right. Hamas doesn't care. No. If you're Israeli, they want you dead. It doesn't matter if you're a child, if you are innocent, if you are a member of uh, the Israeli Defense Forces. They don't care. They don't care. If you're Israeli, you deserve to die, according to them. Israel's doing what they can to try and minimize civilian civilian casualties on the Palestinian side, but they don't get that same respect on the other end of things. So, again, who's the bad guy here? Um, Depends on who you ask, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, for those that that want to see a country wiped off the face of the planet, shame on you. 
absolutely 100% shame on you if you want to see a country wiped off the face of the planet. Um, world leaders are, like I said, urging peace around the globe. However, uh, Hamas has to be willing to engage in it, and they are not. And the United States, Joe Biden picks up the phone. Anthony Blinken is going to send an envoy. Well, that's going to do a lot of good. He's going to send an envoy. We'll just sit back and watch what happens. If this happened a year, oh wait, I'm sorry. That's right. This wouldn't happen a year ago. What it? This wouldn't happen a year ago. No, it, a year or two ago, actually, there were trying to broker peace deals. They were the brokering peace deals. They brokered peace deals between five nations in the Middle East and Israel. Yeah. But what would have happened a year ago if this type of attack would have happened? If there were a thousand rockets fired over two days into Israel a year ago, do you think that we may have helped in some way, shape, or form? Do you Most think? That, do you think the United States may have helped with some type of a response to help defend Israel? It's an interesting question because Donald Trump was very, very, very much pro-Israel. Mm-hmm. Had a personal relationship with Benjamin Netanyahu. Um, you know, would the U.S. have gotten involved? But again, this wouldn't have happened a year ago. This this didn't happen until. May of 2021, four months after Donald Trump was out of office. This would not have occurred during his presidency because of the fact that there was staunch support for Israel. Obviously, Hamas believes that staunch support, or they have been led to believe, or they have been told, or it has been insinuated to them that that support is not as strong as it once was. Hence, seeing an opportunity to kill Israelis. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610KONA. Final few minutes here on your Wednesday afternoon, CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick. 100% all-natural CBD products backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee that's also 100% protected. Make sure you swing into the store. Take a look for yourself, for someone you know. They even have CBD products for your pets. If you're looking for relief and you think those products might be able to help you, talk to the experts with CBD American Shaman about the the top-of-the-line CBD products on the market today, 100% all-natural CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick. 547-1610 if you would like to get involved in the show. So a lot of people... Or if you just want to announce candidacy for any local position. Yeah, if you're going to run for local office, you want to give us a buzz, too. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll give you a few. Um, That was awesome. Yeah, but... um, so there's been a lot of discussion. I, I, I'm sure you caught the number that came out yesterday or the day before that said that there are more jobs available right now in the United States than there have ever been before. Yes. There are more jobs that are unfilled in the United States than at any other time before. People are wondering, how is that possible? Well, it's possible because there are uh, a number of individuals who are making more money sitting at home than they are working. Uh, Chuck Schumer today blamed that on Trump's immigration policy. Ah. Yes. You know the immigration policy right now that's a sieve? That 200,000 people a day are coming across the border illegally? 
Yeah, so I guess they're all coming for work, right, Chuck? They're all coming over to get to fill those jobs that that are unfilled right yeah, now. It has right? nothing to do with the yeah. uh, the payments that keep yeah. going out to everybody. No, not at all. Uh, even if you've already returned to work. That's why Ch- Chuck Schumer is just taking up space. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Jimmy, Richland. What's you up? What blows me away is, is the stimulus money. I'm not going to lie to you. I like it. But if you're already on state assistance, why do you need it? Nothing in your life has changed. If you're already unemployed, why do you need a stimulant? If you're already unemployed. We've lost employees. I've got family and friends that are, well, man, it's free money. And it's just sad because you're right. There, there's there's hundreds of positions that can't be filled because of, well, why should I go back to work when we got the government cheese? And, but but this administration downplays it and says that's, that's not the case. Well, I'm speaking to you as an owner. It is the case. Speaking to you because I have family and friends, it is the case. You live high on the hog. Well, why not? I'm not saying everyone's like that. I said at the onset of the call, I, you know, I like the stimulus money. I've paid off debt. However, we don't need it. There's plenty of jobs out there. We just need to get off the sofa and go get them. You know what I mean? Absolutely appreciate the call. Thanks very much for weighing in and sharing with us your experience as an owner in this climate, because I'm sure there are a lot of people out there right now who are struggling to hire people because there are people that don't want to work because this is what I'm making at home. Now, what was it, last week or earlier this week, uh, Joe Biden said that they're going to start enforcing the uh, provision in unemployment that you can't turn down a job and still collect unemployment. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, you were not enforcing that policy? You were you were allowing people to turn down jobs in a safe environment simply because they didn't want to go back to work? That became the norm? It's like, whoa, no wonder we're in the situation that we're in. You were letting people say no, not go back to jobs, and then let me guess, when they finally decide that they want to return to work and their job's been taken by somebody else, they're going to file a complaint that their job wasn't there waiting for them? The business is supposed to suffer and struggle instead of filling that position? Is that is, is that what the expectation was? Yeah, I think some people thought that, sure. Well, I, I mean, look, if you, if you want to work, this is the prime opportunity to do so. If you don't want to work... You're probably going to find out sooner than later that the opportunities that are there now are not going to last forever. And that if if there are jobs that are out there right now that are paying extremely well that aren't requiring the level of experience that either they normally would or did before just because bodies are needed. This could be the perfect opportunity. I mean, look, this could be the perfect opportunity for a career change for somebody. Sure. This could be the perfect opportunity to do something you may have always wanted to do in another field because people are that desperate looking for people. I mean, there are all fields that are looking for people right now, some that normally don't have a problem. They're usually telling people, no, 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 we don't have an opening, but now have openings that are looking. Yes. So there is going to be a portion of the workforce that is going to allow their job to slip by and are not going to have something when they need it. Oh, and by the way, all that extra unemployment is not going to be there forever. No, it's not. Well, let's. We'll see. <laughs> Look, we we are a society that is built on contribution. Yes, we are a society that is built on 
able-bodied people being able to work in the workforce to make things go. We are not built on a on a fallacy that kumbaya is an economic scheme. Marxism is not an economic scheme. Marxism is sitting around like a bum, like Karl Marx did, for the majority of his life. He was the original deadbeat daddy, by the way. Do a little research. Karl Marx was the original deadbeat dad. But for some reason, there are people that aspire to uh, to live that life. Can't figure that one out. But that'll do it for the bottom line. Wednesday afternoon, afternoon reports next. Then Cadillac on call and in Columbia Conference basketball at 7.